0: Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And in today's episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, we will be doing John 1. And today I am joined by my Discord moderator, Adrian, um, Mother of Ferrets. Would you
1: like to introduce yourself and let the people know who you are? Hello. I'm Mother of Ferrets on Discord. Um one of the moderators, I help try to keep the peace and, and retain the folk.
0: <laughs> yes. Big a Song of Ice and Fire fan, right? Like you have a whole Valyrian sword collection. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've,
1: <laughs> I've got an armory on my wall, cards and a case, It's It's crazy. Yeah. She's one of the biggest
0: a Song of Ice and Fire fans <laughs> that I think I know. At least <laughs> one of the biggest collectors that I know. I'm a
1: nerd. I admit it freely. I'm proud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll be doing John Four of the Game of Thrones um and we're back at the wall and I really like the John chapters. I really like the John chapters and the Danny chapters because it's kind of a break from everything else that's going on it's like one it's it's like ice, icy north. At the wall, John, and then when we get to Danny, she's all in Essos, and it's all eccentric over there and stuff. But John at the wall. So in this chapter, a lot goes down. The bromance between John and Samuel Tarly starts, and I really love Sam. Sam is one of my favorite characters. That we love Sam, yeah, I love him, love him, love his like, want to pinch his cheeks. I love right,
1: so they're just. So- <laughs>
0: so john is like stepped into this role at the wall like when the chapter opens up john is um, showing darian how to to deliver side strokes with his sword um he's like stepped into
1: this role of training these boys yes um and you know and I, I think that just bugs the holy heck, you know, out of Alistair Thorne. Because oh, yeah. John teaches and all Alistair does is bitch, moan and belittle is, you know, he doesn't teach them anything. So somebody had to step in and teach these poor boys how to do something. So might as well be Big Daddy Snow. Yes. <laughs> Big Daddy Snow. I like that. <laughs> Big Daddy Snow. I like
0: that name for John Snow. And I like really quick want to just caveat right here. I really like Jon Snow. I know a lot of people think because I'm just like this Daenerys Targaryen super fan that I don't like Jon Snow. I love
1: Jon Snow. (laughs) Like, I love him. And I'm gritting over here. (laughs) You don't like him? You don't like Jon? You know, I think he's really bitchy, moody and broody. Oh, he's definitely moody and broody. He is. He reminds me of me. (laughs) <laughs> is that why you don't like him <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no um yeah I, I don't know it's like to this point anyway you know in the books i don't really care about him because it's a bunch of you know oh whoa me and just know. lots of lots of pity party john is what we've seen he does get better
0: he does he does have this like the world owes him something kind of attitude and he is high born like, even though he's a bastard, he is high born. He has had an easy easier life than the people that he's around. But when we talk about the show, which we do often on Obsidian Nights, like people were talking about Jon Snow killing Daenerys and all of that stuff. Like Jon Snow season eight was a totally out of character for the Jon Snow that we know. Was we're there out. a season eight?
1: Is <laughs> there a season eight? Right.
0: Try to erase what? it. <laughs> try to uh, erase what? it from your
1: memory. But yeah, oh, like PTSD is coming back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John is not. I, I feel like even John in season eight was totally out of character because John is this honorable person. Whether you like it or not, he is an honor bound fool, much like Ned. Yes, very much so.
1: Very, very much so. Yes. To his detriment at times. Very much. Um, but let's get back to like let me get away from season because I will when every
0: time I talk about season eight in comparison to the books, like it goes on forever, and then we have two
1: hour podcasts. So, um, I just really swore that it just kept a black and after seven, but I mean, after four, <laughs> after season four,
0: right? Like, six, six was really good season five and uh, like season seven was asinine in my opinion like that whole white hunt thing was just like what the fuck is happening
1: oh yeah it was a bunch <laughs> of my girl our girl danny coming in and cleaning up after the boys and saving their ass it yeah. was a lot of that
0: i mean that was the best scene of season seven
1: was it not yeah it was it definitely yeah was <laughs> <She's> awesome
0: <laughs> so while john is out in the yard at castle black training these lords or not lords but these boys getting them you know in shape for the night's watch a lordling comes and um it's samwell tarly and sam is so out of place at the wall and i really like the relationship between john and sam because it's it's a contract like John Sano is the son that Randall Tarley wish that he had. Oh yeah. And then John is up at the wall, you know, like Ned basically sent him to the wall. And then Samuel Tarley is basically who John wishes he was like John wishes he was the first born son of a high like he wishes he was Ned's first born son, true born son. And it's just, like, an interesting dynamic when you actually think about their relationship.
1: They have a beautiful relationship. They really do.
0: Yes. They call Sam, like, Sir Piggy and Ham and have all these nicknames for him. And, of course, Alistair Thorne is obnoxious as hell. And Sam kind of, like,
1: takes abuse. (laughs) Like, he just takes it. Oh, yeah. He always has. You know, um, poor Sam. I mean, really?
0: Yeah. Like for me, I, I, and that's kind of why I gravitate towards Sam and I really like him is because the, he's a good, genuine soul. Like he's a good, genuine soul. And no matter what and how, no matter what's been happened to him or how people have treated him, even the people like that were supposed to love him the most, he's never let that deter him and turn him into like a cold person or a bad uh, person
1: oh yeah oh yeah i mean because if anybody i mean he's he's a good example of a character that you know to grow up and be a jerk and treat people you know is this mm-hmm. sam because he was he was he was treated awful especially by his father
0: yes and we're gonna talk about that in a few seconds but i want to talk about alistair Thorne. so as soon as like Sam arrives Alistair Thorne uses it uses Sam to pick at John because we know that Alistair Thorne hates Jon Snow so um Alistair is like it would seem our bastard is in love he's it would seem our bastard is in love he said as john helped the fat boy to his feet show me your steel lord snow john drew his long sword he dared defy sir Alistair only to a point and he feared he was well beyond it now thorn smiled the bastard wishes to defend his lady love so she w- so we shall make an exercise of it rat pimple help our stonehead here ras and albert move to join halder so they're so Alistair Thorne is about to send three guys at Jon Snow and to and John's gonna like protect Sam. John's oh, like, yeah. hey, stay behind me. I'll like basically I'll protect you. And I think that says a lot about John's character. Like Alistair sees no value in Sam. Alistair looks at Sam well, Tarley, and sees like a liability. He sees no value in Sam. And one thing about John and Daenerys is that they see value in people, and even Stannis. They see value in people that others would not necessarily see value in. Like, Stannis sees value in Davos, which is basically a smuggler, a lowborn smuggler. Daenerys sees value in slaves and um, Unsullied and just uh, exiled knights, like she sees value in those times. And so does John, like John sees the value in Sam, like just as a human being. And he he's the same way, like with the wildlings, like he sees the value in the wildlings in Mance Raider. So I think it's a testament to their character that they do see value because Sam is one of the most valuable players in the game of Thrones. Like when it comes to
1: knowledge, Oh yeah, very very smart. Sam's very smart and has a way of putting things together. And you know, um, his his weapon is his mind. Right.
0: Everybody's not going to be like this warrior on the front lines. Like exactly. The Night's Watch doesn't just need rangers. Like the Night's Watch needs builders. The Night's Watch needs stewards. The Night's Watch needs ma- a maester. Like. All of these all of these things makes Alistair Thorne seem like a fucking idiot because he doesn't even process that like he sees these boys like okay, they need to know how to sword fight that's all they would ever be good for, but he never right. looks deeper into anything
1: right exactly no, he doesn't just you know sees them as little pawns to use, and he doesn't he doesn't look past you know, anything and try to see the betterment in somebody or look at someone and see, okay, this is their strong point. They're not made to be, you know, a ranger, you know, blah, blah. He's just, he's just trash. He's an ass. He is an ass. He is. He has no value. (laughs) Like he really doesn't.
0: He really doesn't. Like he's, he's not even training these boys to fight like his job. He's not even doing his job. And and all he is doing is just like delivering mental abuse to people.
1: Pretty much. And I I don't know if you ever wondered, but I always wondered why in the hell, you know, the Lord Commander even let the man have the position to begin with. Because, you know, G.R. Mormont did not act like that. You know, he was not an asshat. Um, Right.
0: Tyrion asked the same thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. why, Why do you want a piece of garbage to train your men that are, you know, your soldiers? Why? You know, teach them something. And that's what John did. He taught them. Alistair, he just shit on them, basically. Yeah, you know? he did. He did. So Sam
0: basically tells them, like, you know, I'm Samuel Tarly of Hornhill. Um, Or I was. Um, and he tells them, like, you know, my father is Lord Randall Tarly. Um, we're Bannermen to House Tyrell of Highgarden. And, um... It's interesting, we're going kind to of have to go back to season eight here, I'm sorry. Oh, I just oh. want to be
1: on the record here to say, Randall Tarly is a piece of shit. You know what, I'll go on the record and I'll second it, and Daenerys Targaryen did nothing wrong with roasting his ass like a piece of she shit. did. Mar- abso- <laughs>
0: she did absolutely nothing wrong lighting mm-hmm. his ass on fire, because not only... Are you going to see why he's such a piece of shit in this chapter? But when we get to Breanne and how he's treated Breanne, it's, it's awful. Like this is his son. This is his son that he's treating like shit. So basically Samuel Tarley was sent to the wall by Randall Tarley because he wasn't the son that Randall Tarley wanted.
1: And oh, exactly
0: was given a choice. Yeah. Disappointment in his father's eyes. Yeah, he's a craven, he's a coward. But how could like how would you expect him to be brave and to be strong when all you've done as a father is beat him the fuck down since he's been born. Like you're not going to be you're not going to become strong.
1: No, absolutely not. I mean they You know, he was paraded in his mother's clothes and, you know, how, how that doesn't do anything but shame people. Right. You You know, terrible things. His dad was an ass. Burn, baby, burn. He said, I fear. And this is how Sam
0: talks. I, I fear I'm a coward. My Lord father always said so. And Gran and Pip, like, they can't believe it. Like, they can't believe that this man is admitting to being a coward and is admitting to being craven. Like, it's oh, not yeah. It's not something that
1: men do in Westeros. No, no, no. Especially when you're in a position, you know, where they are. You know, you need to be tough and brave to be at the wall anyway. Um, yeah, and to admit you're scared of everything, you know. That's... uh and it, definitely to be a man to say you're afraid of everything. That's definitely not on the the norm. Right. No, it's not. And
0: it's really sad when you think about it because I think if Sam was nurtured correctly, he could have been the everything that Randall Tarley ever wanted. And I always wonder like about Randall Tarley and um uh Tywin Lannister, like with Tyrion, like Tywin with Tyrion. Why if you know you have this son that loves to read, why wouldn't you send him to the Citadel? And Randall Tarley, you know you have this son that loves to read, why wouldn't you send him to the Citadel? Is it because like is it like some kind of toxic masculinity? Like defect? That is so like, funny what you is said it? that.
1: I was just so thinking about that last night, you know. Um mm-hmm you know, just kind of glancing over, over the reading again and everything and thinking about his situation. Um, you know, why, why didn't he do that? And, you know, Sam could have taken the maester's vows and, um, you know, promised to hold no lands or lordships like a mate, you know, I mean, he would be perfect for a maester. Why the wall? Because that would have, that would have given, um, you know, the lordship of, their house to his brother, he would he would you know would be putting aside his claim and just like Ma- Maester amon did.
0: Yeah, I mean it, I don't I don't understand it, but I think it has to do with them not wanting sons that are maesters, <laughs> not wanting book loving sons. I think it was like a bit of toxic masculinity on both of their parts.
1: That's just what I was thinking. Definitely a bad case of toxic masculinity. Definitely too much. Too much. So, John like, wanders
0: off. He's in his thoughts. And he starts thinking about Samwell Tarly. And oddly, of Tyrion Lannister. He wondered what Tyrion would have made of the fat boy. Most men would rather deny a hard truth than face it, the dwarf had told him, grinning. The world was full of cravens who pretended to be heroes. It took a queer sort of courage to admit to cowardice, as Samwell Tarly had. So John, I mean, John sees the courage in Sam in just owning what he is. Admit what you are, wear it like armor, and it can never be used to hurt you.
1: Like, that's oh, the total vibe. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, facing hard truths, you know, when you, when you can face a hard truth, that's, that's a big layer of armor right there. Right. Right. So John and Sam, they
0: go outside and um they they want to talk. And Ghost also goes with them. And Ghost takes to Sam right away. Like he, yes, takes he to does. him right away. Yes, he and does. And I think that's a big clue that Sam and John are like soulmate friends. Like they were always destined to find each
1: other. Yes, because, and we've all heard that thing that animals are a good sense of character.
0: Yes, and they are, and especially the direwolves of House Stark. Like, they, I mean, the Red Wedding, Grey Wind tried to tell Rob what was up, but Rob didn't. Oh, like-
1: yeah. Yep, but, Stark, Starks, their their direwolves have a sense, especially when it involves their person. Yes. Um, they, it's like they have, like, a vibe with that person, and almost like their intention's with you know their stark you know their their person yeah
0: so while they're talking outside like um Sam is crying and Ghost just comes up and and licks his tears away and I just think that that is so sweet and at first Sam's like oh my god ah! and then he's like like he's crying and then it turns to laughter. Like he was scared at first of ghosts and then ghosts licked his tears away and he his sobs turned to laughter. And then they, like they laughed about it. And John tells Sam, you know, well, we found these puppies in the snow. Like they tell him, he he tells Sam about how they got, how he came across ghosts and the dead dire wolf. And then um, John started talking to him about Winterfell and this reoccurring dream that Jon has all the time. Sometimes I dream about it, he said. I'm walking down this long, empty hall. My voice echoes all around, but no one answers. So I walk faster, opening doors, shouting names. I don't even know who I'm looking for. Most nights it's my father, but sometimes it's Rob instead or my little sister Aria or my uncle. The thought of Benjen saddened him. His uncle was still missing. The old bear had sent out rangers in search of him. Sir Jeremy Riker had led two sweeps and Corinne Halfhand had gone forth from the shadow tower, but they found nothing aside from a few blazes in the trees that his uncle had left to mark his way. In the stony highlands to the Northwest, the marks stopped abruptly and all trace of Ben Stark vanished. Do you ever find anyone in your dreams? Sam asked. John shook his head. No one. The castle is always empty. He had never told anyone of the dream, and he did not understand why he was telling Sam now. Yet somehow it felt good to talk of it. Even the ravens are gone from the rookery, and the stables are full of bones. That always scares me. I start to run then, throwing open doors, climbing the tower three steps at a time, screaming for someone, for anyone. And then I find myself in front of the door to the crypts. It's black inside, and I can see the steps spiraling down. Somehow, I know I have to go down there, but I don't want to. I'm afraid of what might be waiting for me. The old kings of winter are down there, sitting on their thrones with stone wolves at their feet and iron swords across their laps. But it's not them I'm afraid of. I scream that I'm not a Stark and that this isn't my place, but it's no good. I have to go anyway. So I start down feeling the walls as I descend with no torch to light the way it gets darker and darker until I want to scream. He stopped frowning embarrassed. That's when I always wake. So (laughs) John goes, John has never told anyone confided this dream into anyone. And he tells Sam, and this dream is really significant when it comes to John because There's a lot of theories that spawn from this dream. Um, It's definitely definitely like R plus L equals J. Like, I'm not a Stark. When he says, I'm not a Stark, no, you're not a Stark. You're a Targaryen, but you do have Stark blood. But um, there's also like the idea that there is something about his parentage in the crypts. Yeah, he'll get drawn down there and find something. Yeah, like a dragon egg or like a harp. Something like that. Then John goes on to ask Sam, does he dream of Horn Hill? And Sam's like, fuck no. <laughs> no, does, Sam doesn't say fuck no, but like, that's the idea. Like, no, he doesn't dream of Horn Hill. And Sam tells him, you know, about his father and, you know, how fucked up he was. Basically, because Sam was plump and soft and awkward. Randall Tarley never really fucked with him. Like Sam liked music, and he liked to make his own songs and wear velvet. Like he liked to play in the castle kitchen. Um, he liked to eat a lot. Uh, he his passions were books and kittens and dancing and clumsy. Like he was clumsy and awkward. He reminds me of Tommen. Like yes, what he describes. To me reminds me of like young Tom, young Sam reminds me of young Tom
1: like Tom likes to play with kittens, and Tom is plump and awkward, yes, he is, yep, and uh you know definitely definitely not not the the making of a a strong, manly man the lord's uh, son right, so Sam couldn't stand the sight of blood like
0: he would cry if chickens were slaughtered <laughs> Randall Tarley sent all these masters at arms to Horn Hill to like train Sam and make him a knight, And he never was like, basically he was starved. He was slapped. He was cussed at. He was caned. Like he was
1: whipped into shape. Like they made him sleep in chain mail. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> was going to say, yeah, they, they did some far out things to him, you know, yeah. dressed him in his mom's clothes, sleep in an armor, you know, and his dad went really far out and, had two warlocks from Koth come in um, slaughter a bull, made Sam bathe in the blood. And the uh, warlocks promised to make him strong, but all it did was make the poor guy sick because blood made him ill. Right.
0: Right. It, it was sad. So then he had three sisters and then came Rick, uh, Dickon Tarly. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dickon Tarly was the son that Randall Tarly always wanted. And one day uh, they went hunting and Randall Tarly was skinning a deer. Like I always think of
1: the show version of Tywin skinning that deer when he was talking to Jamie. Oh, yes. That's what I thought of, too. That was the one of the first things that popped in my head was I can just see this <clears throat> big presence of a man there, just like Tywin Lannister you know, getting this deer. And yeah, uh, that's yeah. exactly what I thought of too. So
0: basically Randall's like, you know what? You're my son. You're my heir. I don't have a reason to disinherit you or disown you, but I'm not going to give you what should be Dickons. And that's Hornhill and the Valyrian steel sword, Heartsbane. Like it needs to go to a strong man and you are not that. So, he wants Sam to take the black. And while he's telling Sam this, he's like, if you don't. So while he's telling Sam this, he's like gutting up this deer. And he's like, if you don't do it, then tomorrow we're going to have a hunt and there will be an accident. (laughs) And while he's telling him this, he's like got the deer's heart in his hand and shit. It's really intimidating it's psychotic yeah yeah it, <laughs> it's, it's crazy and this is his dad this is his, like one of the people that should love him the most that's doing this to him and he's like if you defy me nothing would please me more than to hunt you down like the pig you are his arms were red to the elbow as he laid the skinning knife aside so there is your choice the night's watch He reached inside the deer, ripped out its heart and held it in his fist, red and dripping or this. I mean, what kind of father is that? Like some of these Uh, parents of Westeros are fucking terrible. uh, Yeah. I mean, the real world is like that, too. So, I mean, George writes really good fantasy
1: to make it like almost damn near reality. He does. Yeah, he really he can paint a picture oh yeah very very much
0: so so uh, we find out that like um pip likes to sing um we found out like why certain people are at the wall and most people are at the wall for really fucking petty reasons but sam is basically afraid to fight tomorrow and um He's basically confides in John. Like, I need to go to bed. Like, they're going to make me fight again tomorrow. And he's kind of, you know, sad. But John is like, you know what? I got an idea. So John basically is like, I'm going to, you know, get the boys together. And he does.
1: Yep, um, this is when
0: he puts on his big daddy snow pin pack. Yep, he put, puts on his big daddy snow cloak. And tells them, like, what it's going to be. um. So everyone kind of goes with it. Like, John persuades everyone to, like, back him up, back Sam up. And everyone kind of goes with it but Rast. So Rast is like, you know, you girls do as you please. But if Thorne sends me against Lady Piggy, I'm going to slice me off a rasher of bacon. So then hours later... When everybody's asleep at Castle Black, Pip, Gren, and John go up into Rass' room and Ghost leaps onto his chest. The direwolf's eyes burned red as embers as his teeth nipped lightly at the soft skin of the boy's throat, just enough to draw blood. "Remember we know where you sleep," John said softly. So John is like not playing about Sam. Like John is going to protect his bae at all costs. He's not playing. Ghost is great. (laughs) Just like, I love ghosts. I need to, like, I need to commission a piece of art with ghosts licking the tears off of Sam while Tarly's face. Like
1: I'm just, I need that in my life. I want a ghost. I think we all need a ghost. I have a Yuki. She's close. (laughs) You, you have the ferrets. Thing. The ferrets are close. I, they, they are. They are. They are. They're not one to, to for. They're not real big on the cuddles, though. You know, they're very busy. Mm-hmm. Very y- busy.
0: Yuki's not really a cuddler either. I think she. They, gets, we need cuddlers. Yeah, Yuki gets too hot. Like her fur is just like she can't do the body heat. She'll lay on my feet, but that's about it. Um. <laughs> Keeps your feet warm. Yeah. So um, basically, John convinces them all to protect Sam. So they protect Sam. Um, They don't really try to hurt him. And then a few nights later, John um, urges Sam, you know, come join us for your evening meal, like sit with us, because at first he won't sit with them. He's kind of shy. And he actually does join in with them. He's friends with them now. He's making jokes at Gren. Like he's really starting to fit
1: in. Yeah, he starts cracking jokes and laughing. And yeah, it took him a couple of weeks, but he did. He came around.
0: Yeah, and I really like. It really makes me like John Snow more that he reached out to Sam and like helped him and guided him through. And a part of it is, you know, John is thinking like you know Rob and Brand and Rick and were his father's sons and he loves them and he still loves them. But John knew that they were never truly like his brothers. Like he was never one of them. He was a snow. He was not a, a Stark. And John says, you know, Catelyn Stark saw to that, like Catelyn Stark mm-hmm. made sure that they always saw me as the bastard. And I was never one of them.
1: And, right. And that he remembered his place.
0: Yeah. He, rem- she made sure to remind him every day. Um he says oh, yeah. he says the gray walls of Winterfells might still haunt his dreams, but Castle Black was his life now. And his brothers were Sam and Gran and Halder and Pip and the other cast outs who wore the black of the night's watch. My uncle spoke truly, he whispered to Ghost. He wondered if he would ever see Benjamin Stark again to tell him. So they've sent the the Rangers to go find Benjamin Stark. Benjamin's been missing. Hopefully. John is hopeful that he's going to come back, but John has had those visions of seeing him, seeing him dead, seeing blood in the snow. Like he's, the writing is really on the wall when it comes to Benjamin Stark. He's an experienced ranger and not hearing from him is bad news. And John knows it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when John's reflecting back, you know, earlier, it talks about how, you know, the traces of Benjamin just stopped. Disappeared, nothing. Um, right, definitely. like he was
0: marking the trees as he went, and then when they got to the certain spot, not a trace. Yeah, and we do know that the the party that has went out looking for Benjamin isn't going to return. Well, they're going to return, but not how you think they're going to return.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you know. So it's uh makes me wonder, and me and some of the other Discord members, you know, we we've talked about Benjamin. Um, you know, is George going to dive deeper into Benjamin? Oh, or... I think, of course. Oh, I'm hoping so too. I don't want him to just stop it. He yeah, do that to us.
0: No, I mean, he's going to come back in some form or fashion. I honestly think that the foreshadowing to me is there for Benjamin to be cold hands. I know that George supposedly said that it was that he wasn't cold hands, but I've never heard that out of George's mouth. <laughs> I saw that on a writing on an editorial piece that like his editor asked him a question and he said no,
1: but yeah, I've been on, I'm on that train with you.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know if that is something that we can say is fact and canon, especially when the show made Benjamin cold hands and Benjamin cold hands actually makes sense because cold hands does hide his face from Bran.
1: Yes, it does. So that would insinuate that brand knows him. And that all opens a whole nother story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that was John 4. um, I want to thank you for coming.
1: You no problem.
0: know where they can find you or they can find you on discord, right?
1: Yes. You can. The best place to find me is on discord. Um, I do have a Twitter account and you know what? I'm, I'm so inactive on it. I don't even remember what it is. Isn't that <laughs> terrible? I don't even remember, don't but yeah, um, I'll
0: find it and link it.
1: I I, I think it's like a Welch something like that. Um, that's terrible, but yep. I'm on discord. Um, love my discord people.
0: Yep. Fun so time. you can, you can join the discord server. I will leave the link. Um, in the description box you can join the discord server they have book club tournaments chat ever all, all that kind of stuff
1: so yeah, and trivia once a month and people get prizes
0: yep so they, they got it going on over there so i will link the gray area discord in the description box thank you again for coming thank everyone thank you guys for listening or watching however you're consuming this media And if you could, could you please leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen so um, more people can find this podcast and I can know how I'm
1: doing. I will see you guys next week. Bye.